Hey everyone, this is Dave Broadbeck, um, coming to you just before the start of the winter 2017 term. Uh, the lecture you've downloaded is from, uh, or you're streaming, you could be streaming it, it could be streaming, maybe not downloading, anyway, user technicalities and don't matter that much, is from uh, Psychology 3256, Advanced Univariate Statistics. It's, of course, needs to be called Design and Analysis 1, that uh, we changed the name. Um, so this is the lecture. There's also uh, our YouTube video. So you want to check those out. So you just have to search on YouTube for my name, um, and you'll see a playlist of Psych 3256 for this uh, coming year. Uh, thanks a lot for downloading, and I hope you enjoy it. Uh, the chance of anybody actually enjoying a statistics le lecture, I just don't assumption being made that I haven't even mentioned typically that just says the ends are equal. When we talk about breaking down a table and looking for main effects and interactions like we're doing here, that I'm, I'm working with the assumption of equal ends in each group. Okay? Except for the very simplest ones like this, the simple one-way analysis of variance, one way between the first thing you talk and the thing you learn in your first stats class. Well, what if your ends aren't equal? Hmm. Happens. Happens. <clears throat> if you look back at the formulas, and I don't expect you to do that right now, but if you did look at the formulas, they have the, they always have just the, the, the letter N in them. They're basically saying the number of subjects in each group, and that is then saying, well, that must be equal. All the things we do, we break down those gauge order things, assume everything's equal. But what would you do? Or as Lenin once said in a pamphlet before the Russian Revolution, what is to be done? Very few people make references to Lenin. Vladimir Lenin, not John. Maybe we can estimate the missing values. That's a possibility. So a lot of times, and you'll see, in fact, SPSS and every other piece of statistical software out there will have a thing telling you, uh, a, a thing about uh, an option, what do you do with miss, and you'll say missing or missing values, and you can make various guesses, which is what they are. Well, they're estimates, but they're not very far from guesses. You can use the mean for the cell, or the median for the cell, there's nothing wrong with that. that like, they're common enough. Do you include when you're guessing this thing, you say, I'm going to put main effects in, do I also put the interactions in? Now, there's a lot of choices you can make there. You can make, let the software do it. You can make these things. You can say, do it without interactions, do it without main effects, whatever. But one thing you have to remember is you've lost degrees of freedom. Or you don't, well, I guess you've lost them. You don't get them. So if I put in two extra numbers, that doesn't mean I get it. When I do my analysis, I go up a degree of freedom. 
it stays where it is. Because I fixed other values. Okay? Does that make sense? Okay, you've got to keep that in mind. And in fact, if, if the software is doing it, if it's making these guesses, it'll take care of that for you. So that's cool. Like it'll, it'll say, it'll give you an output, it'll give you the correct degrees for you. So that's okay. There's an easier way to handle this, and that's, you know, just collect a couple more data points. That's what I would do. Now, there are other ways to deal with this. Most of our analyses use something called type 1 sums of squares, you see. So that means there's other types of oh, yeah. The type 1 sums of squares are the ones that I've shown you with all those summation signs. They're the ones you've learned about since you started learning about sums of squares in, in stack 2126. It always works this way, doesn't it? You're told something for years and years, and then you're told, yeah, that's way more complicated. In great guy in science, you're told that atoms are, you've got protons and neutrons, and then there's electrons rotating them around them like planets, around the sun. And then you get to, I remember it was, it was grade 13 chemistry, which you guys don't have anymore, but whatever, probably grade 12. And you go, actually, they're quantum probability clouds. You go, what? The world's more complicated than you thought. There's more kinds of sums of squares than type 1s. By the way, type 1s assume equal ends. Remember that from looking, again, you look back at the formulas. They say they show that the ends are equal. They don't work when you have unequal ends. And some of you might be wondering, uh, we have one person in the room, Sam, you're doing data analysis right now. Uh, uh, did you have equal ends or not? Mm -hmm. No. But did you notice when it came out, it didn't give you any horrible warnings or anything, right? So you're okay. Perhaps it used type 2 sums of squares. Type 2 sums of squares are great because <coughs> you have a missing, they, they're okay if there's a missing value. I'm not even going to tell you how these are calculated. You don't want to know. It's like knowing how the sausage is made, you just don't want to know this. If there's an interaction, they don't work. It's not like no numbers come out. If there's an interaction, like, whoa, I can't do that, math says. No, no. What happens is it just doesn't work properly and it underestimates the main effects. And, and it can't deal with interactions. It's like, oh. Well, there's got to be something better. And Sam, if you look at your output, you will see that it says type 3 sums of squares at the top. In fact, anybody else here who's used SPSS to do anything with assignments realizes it says type 3 sums of squares. Type 2s are fine if you don't, like, if you don't know if there's an interaction or not. Sorry, if you know if there's a, no interaction, there just can't be, then you're fine. They, by the way, you have to think, why would such a thing exist? It actually has a use, and we'll talk about it when we talk about multiple regression. But type threes are great because if you have interaction or not, they work. So in fact, the default output that you get from any statistical software is type three sums of squares. They are calculated using matrix algebra, which is, again, something you don't want to know about. You may be unlucky enough at some point in graduate school, if you go to graduate school, to run into how to calculate these by hand. Oh, what a hell nightmare that was. Hopefully they don't do that anymore. Because it's ridiculous. Conceptually, it's okay. I remember my PhD one year, we're reading statistics journal articles. Boy, that was fun. Good times. Really living on the edge. So we've learned type 1 analysis because conceptually, 
it's way easier to get your head around. But the software will always use type 3. The nice thing is, if you have equal ends, the type 1's are the same as the type 3's. They come out computationally equal. Okay, that's good. So I haven't been wasting your time. Well, maybe I have, but at least not by, with this. So if the ends are equal, the type 1's equal to type 2's, equal to type 3's. That's great. So it just defaults to giving you type 3's. So you don't have to really worry a lot about this. I still prefer, like, my students, when they ever have unequal ends, I tell them, just go collect more data, please. Just go collect more data. It makes doing post hocs easier. It's a lot of things that makes it a little bit easier. Just go collect more data. Yeah. You need to run one more person. Just, just, give, just find some guy, pull him in against his will, force him to do a questionnaire. Okay, I, no, don't do that. That's unethical. Can't force me. I'm kidding. I'm kidding, Research Ethics Board. I'm kidding. <laughs> Talking directly to the microphone. But you can usually find one more person that'll do it. So, or two more people. So, it's just easier. It's cleaner. Uh, there's a type four. Yeah. Type fours are great. They're good for what's called empty cells. What if you collect data and you've got a whole, like, Look, we have right up here on the board a 2 by 2 A1, A2, B1, B2. So we have what, 6, 4, right? So we got 6 in A1, B1, we got 6 in A1, B2, we got 4 in A2, uh, B1, A, we had nothing here. We didn't collect any data because we're kind of slow. <laughs> Why would you do that? Why would you miss? Why would you say, I'm just not going to screw that. That one can't be important. And that's when someone says, when you're doing your practice talk. And what happens a lot of times is you actually miss these things because you're so close to your own data. You and your supervisor, you your thesis, you're so close to your own experiment that you don't even realize that, where did, why isn't this here? Because you thought of it as a three-group design. And it's like, well, why isn't there an A2B2? Oh, thread here. God, that's annoying. And your shoe is untied. I don't care about my shoes. Oh, good. <laughs> I'm living on the edge of the shoe. Make my little t-shirt fall apart. <laughs> That'd be weird. <laughs> Some of these things I'm just I'm, I'm, I edit so much out in my head. So type four sums of squares could actually do this. Maybe I will tell my shoe. Thank you. <laughs> Type 4 sums of squares, it'll tell us if there's an interaction. Now, I think the somewhat sophisticated among you will realize there's really no unique solution to this. It'll come up with an answer. It's more matrix algebra, so I'm not going to tell you how to do it. But it literally comes up with it changes, the value, values of the sums of square change depending upon the order you actually do the calculations in. It's type four sums of squares. Oh, that sounds really useful. So there's really no unique solution. And here, let me just show you what I mean. What goes here? That's what type four sums of squares are trying to figure out. What, what should go here? 
number? What do you think? Seven. How about seven? Why not? Sure. How about four? Makes it look, look, four here, four here, two here, two here. What about... What about zero? So it goes down by two, down by two, down by two. Ooh, that seems nice and symmetrical. What about a trillion? What about pi? It just doesn't, you don't, you can't know. So doing an analysis like this, using type four sums of squares, is an, is an academic exercise. It's actually not a useful data analysis tool. <clears throat> the best thing to do in this situation, well, there's two things. The first thing to do is actually just now analyze this as a three-group, one-way analysis of variance and give up on talking about interactions. That's the first thing to do. Probably the best thing to do is go collect the data. Why not go get some A2, B2 people? Right. Don't do a type 4 analysis. The best way, as my old stats prof Ian Spence used to say in Toronto, the best way to, to analyze A2 with empty cells is not to collect it. Just don't design experiments like this. He also used to say the best way to analyze the unbalanced designs, in other words, designs with unequal ends, is don't, collect, don't do experiments like that. Do them with equal ends, it just makes everybody's life easier. It's not a huge deal, but it makes things like post hocs and stuff a lot easier too. So it's an odd thing to think about. It's just one of these, this is sort of a tack on thing I throw at the end, and it's simply because this is something that every year somebody misses something like this. Not like not this badly. But every couple of years this happens. Every couple of years this happens. I also once, a friend of mine, this is not in the field that I'm in, but a friend of mine at another school was telling me how he got an article to review. And it had a correlation in it, and you can just look up the correlations. Significant is a key test, doesn't matter, it's pretty easy. And it turned out it wasn't significant. So in the method section, they said, so what we did, because it wasn't significant, is we just simulated another, we doubled the number of, of scores, just used the same numbers again twice, and now we know what's significant. That's just making up data. You can't do that. Happily, it was caught and never got published that way. This is one of these things, just don't do this. Questions about that? I hope, yeah, I think you probably all understand that. All right. So. Walking down the little bit
choices I make At least I'm not afraid to stand up for the chances I take For every price ring that I've reached for I missed a thousand times before What else is living for? listening to the lecture um all of the audio is available of course on itunes or whatever podcatcher you're using just search for Dave, uh, dr dave broadbeck's uh, psychology lectures in algoma university which is the most ungainly title ever uh these are released under a uh, uh, creative commons copyright share like 3.0 canada uh you can't use these for commercial purposes um you feel free to share them uh and feel free to mash them up any way you want but if you do that that means i get to do the same thing with your stuff Sort of like the GAU license. Um, I hope you learned something. But if you didn't, I, unless you're one of my students, I really don't care. Um, the music, by the way, for each uh, song, for each uh, uh, episode, <laughs> lecture, uh, is uh, available. They're all podcasts, uh, like Podsafe Music. So if you want to uh, find out about the bands, there's links on my website at people.aoc.ca slash broadback. Uh, if those links don't work, just contact me, and I'll find uh, I'll find out. Um, often I put links uh, actually in the uh, what I call them show notes or blog posts. So uh, you know, buy these people's music; they're they're making the stuff available out there. Uh, thanks, everybody. We'll see you next time. <laughs>